clumsier than a besuited goon falling down the face of Mount Rushmore. This is episode 63 of Have You Seen? Hello, internet friends. Welcome to the podcast, Submersible, once again. It's Have You Seen? It's episode 63. We don't have much energy, as you can tell, <laughs> despite being full of sugary donuts. Yeah, I've only had one. I've only had one. All oh, right. Maybe we'll finish off what's left when we go back up. Yeah. At the other end of the yeah. table, you can hear Tom Northweb, which <laughs> would make me Kieran Northwest Lafort. Uh, we're talking solely about North by Northwest yep. this week because... Basically, I need time to watch movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to change it up a little bit and just yeah. do uh, one pitch and then one review per per show. Per show. That's not to say we won't go back to the uh, the original format. No, no, I think we will. But, just, um, yeah. Basically, Tom has a DVD collection that's about four times the size of mine, yeah. and he's pretty much seen everything I own. Yeah. So, um, unless I start pitching him obscure wrestling DVDs, then uh, <laughs> then we're going to run into a bit of trouble. Yeah. So for now, we're going to. Um, we can do one pitch and one review per show. Yeah. And Tom last week pitched me Hitchcock Classic, North by Northwest. Yes. From the year 1959. Mm-hmm. And uh, how about you give a little recap? Yeah, it's um, a very, uh, well, I guess now it would seem like a very typical thriller. Um, and I think it's kind of, I don't know, I think it's often seen as the, the sort of the real sort of consolidation of the modern thriller, the sort of mistaken identity, lots of plot twists and turns and um and it's something that it's got a lot of themes that you've kind of covered in earlier Hitchcock movies. So, mm. you know, you've got people thrust together like thirty nine steps. I mean I guess that that's probably the most thing thing we can compare it to most, really. Um but this is just the same, same sort of thing, but on a bigger budget and a bit glossier. Um, yeah, and uh, it's uh, a very simple premise of uh, a man called Roger Thornhill gets mistaken for a man called George Kaplan. Um, George Kaplan is being chased by a ring of foreign spies uh, and they are convinced that Roger Thornhill, played by Cary Grant, is George Kaplan. Um, and... Roger Thornhill has to try and persuade them that he's not and gets embroiled in all sorts of uh, possible murders difficulties. and difficulties. <laughs> and um, the biggest problem for everybody is the fact that George Kaplan doesn't actually exist. Spoiler. Well, yeah. Well, we do spoilers. Yeah, well, I was going to get to that. Fine. Okay. Well, I, that, that's kind of, you know, that's not kind of, well, I suppose it's a kind of a spoiler, but uh, mm. that, that kind of then uh, kind of puts... Roger Thorne in a very difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and because Kieran wants to get to it, when we get to it, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are your overall thoughts? Well, I, I actually, I struggled with this. Really? Yeah. Um, and I think it's because there were 24 years between the 39 Steps and this. Yes. I watched 39 Steps four months ago. Yeah. And it's just... It's just, it seems like Hitchcock just reusing right. all of his old tropes. So there's right, the mistaken right. identity, there's the yeah. mysterious woman, there's lots of action on a train. Yeah. There, it's all of Hitchcock's favourite things. It's ultimate Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah, well, that's kind um, of what it is, really. Yeah. yeah, so I kind of struggled right. until the last half an hour, right. which pulls everything together. Because I was getting, uh, to be honest, I was getting bored. Right. And I was practically I, nodding off. I have to say, the bit, the bit on the train... 
does like that's the bit where it sags i think yeah and then once you get off the train you get to um you get to uh oh crap, Chicago? To, yes that it kind of that's where it kind of starts picking up a yeah bit. um but uh, like i said i was i was bordering on falling asleep and right. just i really had a I didn't care enough to follow what was going on. Right. And it was all kind of a bit disparate and all, yeah. all over the place. And then the last half an hour pulls it all together and it was brilliant. Right. Excellent. I'm so yeah. uh, I'm probably, now I know, now you the know pacing the, a bit better, yeah. I'm probably going to go back and watch it again. Fine. Uh, so I awesome. think overall I did enjoy it. Yeah. But it was a struggle to get there. Well, fine. Yeah, okay, I travelled a long enough. way north before getting <laughs> yeah, to go northwest for a little bit. Yeah. Fair um, enough. Yeah. I was freaked out from the very beginning by right. the off-colour MGM logo, yes. which made me think there was something wrong with my TV. Yeah, I, when I put it in to watch it, I thought, hang on, is that always like that? That Oh, shit, I haven't got a crap disc or something. Because yeah. you know, I forget that that's how it starts. Yeah. And then it goes into the really cool title sequence. Yeah, which are very simple but very clever. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because I, I was looking at it like, probably do that in After Effects in about 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's that kind was of taken like a, forever in yeah, 1959 to do it's that. It's like an off-kilter grid, isn't it? Yeah. And and then the titles are in, in line with that grid yeah. at a, a bizarre angle. Yeah. And they just zoom in at those. Well, the grid kind of fades out and the yeah. titles continue over the, yeah, uh, the, the windows of the UN building. Yeah, and that's basically what it is. It's, the, the, it's a shot of the UN building and they've just they've just drawn around all the windows, effectively. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is very... Simple technique. Mm. Um, I like the way that the mistaken identity was set up. Yes. With the, the so page, simple, go, the it? waiter going around the restaurant, yeah. uh, just asking for George Kaplan, George Kaplan, yeah. uh, and uh, Cary Grant raises his hand to get the guy's attention, yeah. and the spies who are hanging out in the corner think he's answering to being George Kaplan, <laughs> yeah. and then gets taken away by the, gets taken yeah. away by the waiter. Yeah, and that's how it all kind of Such begins. a simple conceit. Yeah. I think a lot of modern thrillers spend take too much trouble to to create an ingenious uh like an ingenious problem as to why there's a mistaken identity whereas yeah. it simply it could just be simple something yeah. as simple as that well hitchcock's very economical with his setup in that we yeah. talked about this before mm. he can often get a first act done in 10 minutes yeah uh yeah. and that's exactly what happens here mm. yeah um and then we kind of parade onwards yeah. Um, Cary Grant being a terrible drunk actor. Yes, I did. Oh that God, he's so yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah the, that's uh, there. There are kind of throughout this film, there are elements of humour. There's lots actually. There's Some lots of the of dialogue humor. is really good and yeah, very funny, very uh, witty. Assaulting an officer now, housebreaking, hotel breaking. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Yes, five to ten years. Yeah. Um, um, I, I actually wrote that down uh, later on. Uh, Somewhere the dialogue veers wildly from excellent to over-explanatory at a moment's notice. Yeah, and the the thing is, mostly like the the the, the humour is really well placed, and mm. I think that's probably the only moment where, like, he he kind of doesn't really do it very well. Yeah, um, and you can kind of see there's humour to be had in him struggling and almost accidentally saving his own life. Yeah. Uh, but, but his terrible acting combined with some dodgy rear projection yeah, doesn't. It, it's, it's, you kind of think, I don't know if it should be a bit more straight tense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think it would have had a bit more impact. It's, it's definitely a bit um, misplaced. Yeah. Um, I actually went for whole sections without writing anything down. Right. Um, which either means I was nodding off or I was enjoying myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, because the next note I've got is the the girl at the UN front desk has clearly never acted in her life. <laughs> right. Um. But then uh, there's the whole there's a scene where 
he is accused of murdering the oh, I can't remember his damn name Townsend Townsend the yes. UN yeah fella yeah uh, and that's pretty well done you can see it being foreshadowed yeah but as soon as the you see the photographer's flash in the background it's like that's going to play into something yeah I knew that that was going to come yeah. uh, and then um, Townsend is killed by a guy throwing a knife from off screen just as he's about to deliver a vital piece of information yeah uh, and he falls into falls into Thornhill's arms, and Thornhill kind of grabs the knife, and he's had his, has his photo taken by the photographer holding the knife <laughs> yeah. over a de- over a dead body. <laughs> yeah, and then like, he's on the run. Yeah, as both on, really. George Kaplan and Roger Thornhill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of an element to this that I really like. Is that the fact that he's on the run, regardless of who anyone thinks he is, because yeah. he's in a he's in a horrible situation as himself, and yes. also as this fictitious spy, George yeah. Kaplan. Um, there's a shot. As he runs away from that murder scene, down the oh, side yeah. of the UN Tower, as he runs yeah. out into into a cab, that's brilliant. It is. That's I think a it's a model shot. shot. It's what? I think it's a model shot. I can't uh, it. Probably, yes, because they weren't allowed to film. They weren't, yeah, they weren't allowed to film the UN. So I think it's... They, the, I know they uh, stole some shots of the outside of the UN yeah. building. Yeah, I, I, and the interior was entirely set, but I yeah. think that one in particular is a, a, com, a composition, yeah. uh, a model shot, and mm. then just, you know obviously a strip of path that someone's run out yeah along. it's a really good one though. yeah it's a great shot excellent um excuse me um we cut to a scene that i don't think has any place in the film Which and i called that? it the basil exposition scene right where it's the u.s intelligent agent intelligence agency oh, yes. sitting around a table yeah and basically feeds you the plot up to that point yeah and it's entirely superfluous yeah. It contains lots of awful exposition dialogue. Yeah. Um and all of the information in it is revealed is, later. Is revealed at other points. Yeah. Uh oh Jesus. Um, I think with the uh with that scene, you're right, everything else is kind of revealed later. Uh, I think it's probably only in there because they thought maybe that it would be too confusing to follow and, and maybe. wait until you get to those points. Maybe. I don't know. It just felt like a bit of a sore thumb. Yeah, I guess. That was all because it really just Yeah. Just the whole, and why would we have gone to the trouble to have set up George Kaplan and installed him in a hotel and changed his clothes daily and made it out like he lived there? And yeah, for God's sake, yeah. Um, trains, blah blah. Yeah, up pops Eve Marie Saint. Yes. Uh, they have dinner. Yeah. She indulges in the most outrageous pointed flirting I have I, ever seen on screen. Yeah. She basically just sits there and goes, "Come and fuck me after dinner." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That I was going to mention that she's very like she's. Well, I wrote. She's, I wrote. Eve Kendall is quite the loose woman. Yeah, well, she says she's twenty six and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, um, Oldest looking twenty six year old I've ever seen. Yeah, she. Uh, and um, yeah, she and she kind of just basically throws himself at her, which you throws which, herself at him. Yeah, is that what I said? No, no I didn't say. That. No. Anyway, um, she, which seems very strange in a movie of that era it did it, it did kind of feel out of place yeah um and you, you kind of find out why later on well yeah um but Is, I, I, I kind of found it odd that he wasn't suspicious maybe this happens to him all the time well, it, all throughout the movie he's he's kind of people kind of hit on him and stuff there's a there's a moment quite near the end actually where he escapes from the hospital room. Yeah, possibly. And there's a woman at the desk and she's just like, oh, and he's like, don't even start. No, <laughs> no, no. He, uh, he escaped. Well, we're skipping ahead, but he uh, yeah. he escapes from his hospital room, climbs out the window, walks on the ledge, climbs in through the next oh, window right, and yeah, it's yeah. a patient. And she shouts, stop! 
as she sits up and the light comes on, puts her glasses on, and goes, "Oh, stop!" As yeah. he, and he just he just leaves her. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, and yeah." Carries on. Yeah. Uh, so maybe this just happened to Cary Grant in normal yeah, I, life. Yeah, I think there are a few, there are a couple of other moments a little bit like that throughout mm. the thing where he gets attention from yeah. women and he's supposed to be a very you know desirable man. Yes. That kind of thing. Him uh, trying to hold her head but not mess up her hair every time they kiss is hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because his his hands just kind of like hover near her hair yeah. without any fingers going in it or anything like that, and it just looks preposterous. Um, I did right. Then there's the bit uh, when they're on the train, and it's kind of it's revealed that she's an agent. Yeah. Or not that it's difficult because she's sort of a double agent kind of yes thing because she passes information to the people who are after. Yeah. Thornhill. Well, she, no, she's not a double she's agent. She's, a, she's actually acting on behalf of. Yeah, she's 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 an agent. The goodies. She's an agent being used for misinformation. Yeah. So she's passing misinformation to Van Damme, isn't she? But yeah. She's doing the whole thing based on. But she orders. still offers Thornhill up to Van Damme. She had no reason to give him away, if um, she's acting. On behalf of the USIA. Well, yeah, because she knows that George Kaplan doesn't exist. Hmm. So she knows that she can use 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 him to manipulate the situation. Hmm. Because that's how it transpires at the end, isn't it? That hmm. They they decide that you know. I just wrote. Kendall has devious eyes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, I don't have I don't have many more notes right. at all, really. Um, I wonder how large Cary Grant managed to fit into that tiny little red cat man's outfit yes, to escape from the train. Yeah, Particularly but, as earlier on, they do a whole thing where he's looking at Kaplan's clothes in the wardrobe and the trousers are four inches exactly, too short for yeah. him and that kind of thing. Yeah, And this guy's even smaller. He's nicked yeah. this, uh, this outfit off. Um, yeah. I also decided that luring someone into the middle of nowhere to mow them down with a plane seems like a massively inefficient <laughs> way to kill someone, even if the plane is shooting at them. Yeah, it's a brilliant scene, though. Yeah, it's pretty clever. I really like it. I, I, I think just the way it's put together. And I think for me, that's where the best shots of the film are. There are some brilliant shots. There's a, a really great one when the guy, when, uh, the guy comes out. He gets out of a car and he's actually just a bloke. You know, uh, Roger oh, he's Thornhill's, just waiting for a bus, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Roger Thornhill's waiting for Kaplan to turn up, or mm. so he thinks. And it just turns out that it's uh, a man waiting for a bus. And mm. there's just these great shots of them just... St- you know, nobody around and no. not see each other on a road. Yeah. And it just things like that. Yeah, it almost looks like the standoff in a western. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's some amazing sort of really good wide shots and you know, really interesting use of framing in there. Mm. Um Yeah, I'm just kind of I ended up kind of skipping about a bit. Yeah. Really? Skipping because like I said, this is I was having this I was having trouble keeping my interest. Yeah. At this point. Um to the point where um the other agent I didn't get his name the little bald fella I think he's called the older guy who's effectively the handler for um, Kendall and I haven't got my Um, thing he he shows up and uh, these um, after now there's the sorry I should have taken more notes (laughs) there's the auction house sequence yes where Thornhill confronts Van Damme Damme and Kendall together and works out that they're together Yeah, yeah yeah 
and then he has to stage an elaborate escape from the auction house, yeah. which he does just by screwing with the auction. Yeah. Uh, until he annoys <laughs> the auctioneer, the punches the auctioneer, so he gets arrested. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that scene because it starts off really, really kind of tense and then. Then gets silly. It then gets silly, but still quite tense. And then tense. gets clever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so, okay, so he's taken, yeah. he's taken by the police away from the auction house because he thinks that being with the police is going to be the best protection from yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, the police say. The police call it in that they've got this murder suspect yeah. and they're told to take him somewhere else, not the police station. So he gets a bit worried. They're told to take him to the airport. Yeah. And this is where this other agent shows up. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to, uh, he wants to get Thornhill on a plane so that they can go and stop yes. Van Dam from leaving the country. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically the auction was for a antiquity, some little statuette. Yes. And in that... It's microfilm. Uh, microfilms. Yes. It's his usual kind of spy. The Hitchcock MacGuffin. MacGuffin yeah. It's, yeah. It's a microfilm full yeah. of secrets. So they're on their way to the plane and they're walking They're, they're walking to the plane. Yeah. And the little spy man says, we need to hurry or we'll miss the plane. They then stand on the tarmac for ages <laughs> yeah. explaining the plot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So apparently they don't need to hurry that much. Yeah. Because that's... Will the- it, he even says, I'll explain more on the plane. And then they talk <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And they kind of sit there and they, they sort of explain, well... You know, Eve is actually a double agent working for us, yeah, yeah. and she did what she did with you because she had to, not because she wanted to. Yeah. So he wasn't betrayed by her. Yeah. Because she didn't like him, she was betrayed by. He was betrayed by her because she had to do it. She mm. had to sacrifice him. Yeah. To make sure that everything else went according to plan. Yes. But now, because of the confrontation in the auction house, that plan has it's gone a bit awry. It's gone a bit awry. Yeah. So now, what they decide to do is the best thing is if. Roger Thornhill pretends to be George Kaplan. Yes. And then they can... If I'd been a bit more awake, I would have taken that in a bit better. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So what they do is they all end up at Mount Rushmore Mm. and they stage Eve murdering George Kaplan slash Roger Thornhill. In front of many, many witnesses. Yeah. Um, To kind of keep get him out of the picture completely. Um, but Cary Grant or Roger Thornhill is under the impression that if he does that, it will also get Eve out of this situation. Which it does not. Which it doesn't. No. Um, and that's what he discovers when he's in hospital. He discovers that he's now safe, but mm. she is still being played by everybody around her. Yeah. So he decides to break out and go and rescue her, which is where we get to the... Which is where we get to the exciting final, final half an hour, where, yeah. where, where everything, all the tendrils that have started are kind yeah. of are finally all pulled together yeah and things start things start making sense yeah like um, the sequence in the house where everyone's kind of creeping around yeah and, yeah things that are yeah really good yeah yeah um there's a great line when um uh little spy man takes roger to meet eve after she's shot him yes in the forest in the in the brilliantly forest. fake forest yeah um and uh, she, they explain that no, she's going to be leaving with Van Damme, whatever, and yeah. she drives away. Uh, and the little spy guy has this great line, which is, uh, "War is hell, Mister Thornhill, even a cold one." Yes, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, that leads in into the house with Roger trying to sneak into the house. Yeah. When they figure out where he sees Van Damme and what's his name? It's Martin Landau, isn't it? It is Martin Leonard. Landau. Leonard is yeah. the is the character name. Yeah. yeah. Well, where he sees that Leonard has figured out what's happened. What's yeah. happened. Um, and that now she's in trouble. And uses the prop gun. Sorry. On um, yeah, uses uh, Eve's prop gun. Yeah. On Van Dam. Sorry, the names are kind yeah, of that's fine. doing me in. 
yeah, so that's where they discover that she didn't actually kill him. So yeah. it looks like she is now going to be in trouble, and he has to and. Thornhill yeah. has to save her. Yeah. Well, they they, they kind of collude. <laughs> they kind of collude to effectively just chuck her out of the plane somewhere over the Atlantic. Yes, this is they? a problem that needs to be dealt at a great height, preferably over water. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously Thornhill overhears that, and so he decides to rescue her. Yes. Um, it was at this point where they take. She still leaves with those two, and he. Thornhill is held up by the housekeeper who spies yes. him in the TV. And I wrote, why does everyone have such tiny guns? Yeah. And then it's revealed that actually they've all been using the same, the same prop gun. gun. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's all got the blanks in. So, yes. yeah. 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 Um, one thing I really like about this, I love James Mason as the villain. Do you know what? He made almost no impression on me really? whatsoever. I just he's not he's, in it very much. He's not, but his tone of voice, like the way he was yeah. like calmly delivers his lines, I think is really nice. Mm. Um, and one of the things I really like is if you think back to Rope, mm. when James Stewart and the two women have That's a discussion right. about the actors around the table, which is all very tongue-in-cheek, yes. they mention James Mason and what a brilliant villain he makes. Yeah. And then as if Hitchcock foreshadows 11 years later yeah. and he pays that off by casting James yeah. Mason. Um. So we proceed to Mount Rushmore. Yes. And some slightly stilted climbing down a mock up yeah. of Mount Rushmore, Rushmore in the studio. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I wrote. Um, uh, Thornhill comes up with the plan that, well, the only way to get away from these guys is to climb down. Yeah, down, um, down the face. And I wrote, You expect her to climb down Jefferson's face in a skirt and heels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that whole sequence is really kind of quite tense because you kind of know there's nowhere for them to go. They're, no, they're they're really completely stuck. Yeah. So unless something happens, and yeah, you know, unless they can figure out how to take the guys out, that you know, they just kind of get shot or fall. Yeah, and they do. Yeah. They get out of it. Yeah. And then there's the the final match cut, which is a bit silly. Yeah. Where he pulls her up, and it match cuts yeah, to him pulling her up, up into, into a bed, bed after yeah. they've been married. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Which is wonderfully ridiculous, and then there's yeah. the porno train. Yes, at the yeah, end. absolutely, yeah. But, yeah. You know, you kind of think of Hitchcock as this sort of master of suspense and you know, the subtle things he does, and then he ends this film like that. Just it's loves just, a good cock gag. Yeah, it's um, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't enjoy this as much as I thought, as I hoped I was going to. Right, but um, uh, I think I'm going to watch it again when I'm more awake to start with. Yeah. Because like I said, I really started getting into the last half an hour. Yeah. And I think I will get more out of it if I pay more attention to yes, the setup. Absolutely, I do yeah. think it is slightly too long. Yeah, probably by about half an hour. I would yeah. Think. yeah. Yeah. If I, I pack I think, this into 90 minutes, I think. Yeah, I think it's the train sequence, really. Mm. The, the sort of flirting on the train, you could probably trim yes, that down uh, a bit. I thought, it was, I thought it was good, but uh, I think um, 39 Steps is still it's top of the Hitchcock tree for me. That's fine. Um the one person we didn't talk about are the scenes with Cary Grant and his mother. Yes, because I didn't actually make any notes about Cary Grant and his mother. but Because um, there's a lot of comedy in those notes. There is, particularly moments. when uh, they get into the lift in yes, the hotel. I've written that down. And yeah. uh, they've, gone, they've gone to look at Kaplan's room in the hotel. Yeah. They get word that the two men are coming up. Yeah. So they go out and get in the lift. And as they get in the lift that arrives... These two guys get out of the other lift, spot them, and climb into this pack lift with them. Yeah. Uh, and he has already mentioned, you know, to his mum, like, these two guys are coming up to kill me. Yeah. Uh, and kind of nods in their direction. Yeah. And she just looks over and goes, and you're not here to kill my son, are you? <laughs> I know. She's brilliant. Yeah. And it, it's the, uh, the actress that played her was only eight years older. Yeah, than I read Brown. that. Yeah. yeah. She was, I think he was born in 1904. She was 1896. Yeah. But yeah. No, well, it's like Sean some... Connery and Harrison Ford, isn't it, in it Indiana like, Jones? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, there's, I think there's some great stuff between them. And again, that, you know, 
men and their mothers is another big Hitchcock theme. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think he. Uh, this is probably one of the most Hitchcock of Hitchcock films. Yes, that makes sense. The Hitchcockiest of Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, Phil Austin has seen North by Northwest, and he Excellent. sent us a little email. All right. He says a mini review. Okay. With an exclamation mark, which is what I read. Right. It's been a little while now since I last watched North by Northwest, and it's certainly a film I need to watch again and again and again. Each time I watch this movie, I absolutely love it. It's not my favourite Hitchcock film. I somewhat go against the grain with that one and favour Shadow of a Doubt above all his others. But it is certainly the one that takes you on the most enjoyable journey. From the scene on Rushmore to the famous crop duster scene, this movie deserves the tag of classic. I wish I had the chance to see it once more before I wrote this so I can relive all the intricacies of it. But all I can remember of it is how, is how damn enjoyable it is. Oh, and one other thing that makes me enjoy it is when the action heads to Chicago and into the very hotel I stayed in when I was there. Uh-huh. Believe me, the Ambassador East looks exactly the same now. They even go to the same floor I stayed at. Wow. That little personal connection always makes me enjoy a film even more. But it certainly isn't necessary with North by Northwest, as I would have loved it regardless. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. There we go. Um, before we head, before I do my pitch to Tom this week, yes. um, you know how regular listeners will know that occasionally we'll go and do our little supermarket shop and we'll spot bargain DVDs. Oh yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah. of stuff yeah. we've um, we've yeah. reviewed on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I spotted possibly the ultimate bargain DVD this time when I was in Tesco. Oh, really? And for three pounds, yeah. you can have Redline, oh, which we reviewed back in our very first bad movie special, <laughs> oh, along with God. Cool as Ice. Oh, uh, I can't even remember what episode number that was. No, it was so long ago. Yeah. Um, oh wow, that was a terrible. Uh, it's film. a it's a stinking turd of a film. Yeah, I found the Blu-ray for that the other day. I all, do you know what? I almost bought it, and I thought we could give it away as a prize on the show. I was I've always been tempted to give away the Blu-ray to be fair. <laughs> mm, maybe we'll think about that. Yeah, we can lump it together in a big Transmorphers and Ultimate Weapon gift basket. Should we give that? Should we make a little gift basket for all the shit movies we don't want <laughs> maybe, anymore? Maybe and give we them away. <laughs> Hmm. We'll take this under consideration. Yeah, we might have to put in one thing that's really desirable. <laughs> well, to get someone to enter <laughs> the, competition. the competition. Yeah. As I said at the beginning, one of the reasons for us going to a single film per week yeah. is uh, because I really need to catch up and watch a whole load of movies. Mm-hmm. So I've actually got stuff to pitch you. Yes. Um, and that's what I intended to do over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trouble was I watched one yeah. and thought, that one. Okay. Immediately. Something new. Uh, something I wasn't expecting to enjoy as much as I did. Right. And um, it's a first for the show. Yeah. How would you like a subtitled costume drama? Okay. All right. The film is A Royal Affair. Oh, right. Okay, I know this. Yeah, with... Yeah. Um, Mess Mickelson. Mess Mickelson, yeah. Who most people will know is uh, Le Chiffre from... Um, yes. Whichever Bond film it is. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. I can never remember if he's in that one or the shit one that came after it. No, he's in that one. <laughs> okay. Um... The basics are, it's 1767, mm-hmm. uh, and the Enlightenment is sweeping across Europe. Yeah. British princess Caroline Matilda is betrothed to the Danish king Christian VII, who is unfortunately completely mad. Mm-hmm. He loves fighting and whoring, and he's got a kind of mental disorder yeah. that makes him act like a child. Yeah. Um, out of obligation, she bears him a son, but she's utterly miserable in her life. Mm-hmm. Enter Dr. Johann Strunze. Uh, which I've just butchered the pronunciation of, uh, who becomes a confidant to the king and a lover to the queen. They try to keep their affair a secret while influencing the king to reform the country and take on the principles of the Enlightenment, which are, Mm -hmm. as I said, sweeping across Europe. All of this in the face of stern conservative opposition. Now, I'm not pitching that very well. 
Right. That doesn't sound very exciting, yeah. but this is a really good film. Yeah, well, I can remember when the film came out. I think we shot and cut. I cut a uh, interview with Ms. Mickelson about yes, it. Yes, we had him. We had him in, yeah. in the old submersible. Yeah, and I remember him saying that this is a true. It's a true. Yeah, story. This, obviously, this film itself yeah. is based on two novels. Right about the that real true, events. True, real event, yeah. Uh, he, supposedly, think, this is quite widely known in yeah, Denmark. Yeah, he, he was saying it's like a story everyone learns at school yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah. it was intriguing, and uh, I've never got around to seeing it, obviously. But I remember yeah. him talking about it, and it seemed like a really interesting because it, it, it's very Machiavellian. This guy kind of puppeteering this man. Yeah, it, I should say that the the affair of the title is only a part of the film. Yeah. Uh, what you're actually getting here is a rich, layered, complex political thriller. Right. Uh, okay. In funny costumes. Right. And in Danish. Yeah. Um, it looks beautiful. The cinematography is great. It looks right. really expensive. Uh-huh. Forty-six million Danish krona is your budget. Wow. That's eight million dollars. Wow. So that's next to nothing for so a that's movie. That's what five million pounds. Yeah. Wow. It's next to nothing for a movie, right. especially one that looks like this. Yeah. Um, the three leads, the mm. the king, the queen, and yeah. Strunza, uh, who is, uh, see, it's different pronunciation again, uh, <laughs> who, who is played by Mess Mickelson. Mm-hmm. They're all excellent. He, in right. particular, is superb in this yeah. film. Um, well, he's great in casino. There's even that. a bit where you can see a horse acting, which we'll get to <laughs> oh, next week. Right. <laughs> um, Brilliant. It's really well written and put together. Uh, there's lots of foreshadowing and payoff. Right. Um, there's it, uh, much like North by Northwest, there are layers of subtle humour involved as well. Right. Um, but always in the place you would expect them to be. Yes. And just kind of come out of more asides than anything else. Right. Just like things people would say in that situation that happen to be humorous. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, um, yeah. Rather than intricately written. Yeah. Jokes of any kind. Yeah, very naturalistic humour. Yeah, very naturalistic humour. Yeah. Why couldn't I have just said that? Uh-uh. Um, what really pulled me into it was the performances. Right. Um, and I came out at the end of it after two hours just, yeah, really want, really loving it. And okay. dare I say, even wanting to watch it again. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, most of what I've written, we can, we, uh, we're probably best off covering yeah. uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's available on uh, all flavours of Netflix as far as I can see. So uh, US and UK people and maybe other people around the world as well have uh, the opportunity to watch this. Yeah, it sounds really good. I remember thinking that it, it, not necessarily the sort of film I'd think I'd watch straight off and then then thinking it sounds quite interesting, but... It was the interview that made me want to watch it. Yeah. Um, And then once I started watching it, like I said, it's the performances that hook me. Right. Um. Yeah, I might even end up watching it again before we do the show next okay. week if I get the chance. Because um, I'm seeing how pathetic my notes are right now. Because <laughs> trying to watch a subtitle movie and write yeah, notes that is tricky, yeah. at the same time is yeah. not easy, especially one you've never seen before yeah. in a language you have no comprehension of. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess if it's if it's a language you've got a bit of knowledge of, you can kind of keep half pick, an ear pick out the, pick the, out the, word, the proper, yeah. yeah, the occasional word. Um, I think I'm going to leave it there, actually. Okay, cool. Because... Uh, I can't really say much else without giving to you, giving stuff away. No, that's cool. Awesome. There you go. Brilliant. Well, that's it then, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. These shows are going to be a lot shorter if we're only doing one and one. Yeah, I guess they are, yeah. For, um, for a time, at least. If you've seen A Royal Affair, or if you've seen North by Northwest, or if you've seen anything that we've talked about, you can contact us on Twitter, at HYS Podcast. Yep. Uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. 
The blog is haveyouseen.net and the email is podcast at haveyouseen.net. Mm-hmm. There are also ways to get in touch with us if you have pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are currently running up uh, a nice little backlog of um, a pool, if you will, yes. of um, listener pitches. Yeah, we've got uh, some great ones that have come in, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, we'd like to thank you for. Uh, mostly yeah. just a case of trying to track down the films. Yeah, absolutely. So we can actually yeah. watch them. Yeah, so if you send a pitch and, and we don't do anything with it straight away, don't worry. We What we tend to do is we save them for strategic times because yes. they help us, you know. If one oh, of the us strategic times being after yeah. we've managed to find it on DVD. Yeah, generally. Or, you know, if we if we decide we want to do a special or if we want yeah. to do something else or if we're going to mix things up a bit. Mm. So uh, keep sending them in yes. and we, we keep them all and hopefully we'll be able to get through all of them. Yeah, but looking down the list, uh, some of them are... are kind of the th- kind of things we don't normally cover no like exactly. genres and things and yeah. subject matter we don't normally cover uh, which is brilliant and i think all the ones that because they in, can't all be stupid action movies about transforming robots exactly but, yeah all of the ones that have come in that i've seen i have well i haven't seen any of the movies I no think. no same here so it's just a case of uh yeah, tracking them down them down and, yeah and, yeah um we like shares and likes on Facebook, particularly of new show posts. Mm-hmm. We like retweets on Twitter, uh, again, especially of new show tweets. Reviews and ratings on iTunes make us nice and visible to the general public. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we love your pitches. Mm-hmm. So even though we've got a pool, come them in. Come them in. <laughs> what come does that in. mean? I don't know. <laughs> I'm tired. We're not on form today, are we? Uh, no. Send them in. Yeah. There is, there's no limit to the water in that pool. Thanks to all of you for listening. Especially if you've done any of those things, retweeted or retweeted. <laughs> it's only been half an hour. I know, you're slowly melting over Yeah, there. yeah. That's yeah. a good t- time to pack up and go home. So I'm going to try one last burst. Come on. Let's see if we can do it. Give Thank it you on. to all of you for for all of your retweets and reviews and your pitches and your comments and your reviews and other things. Uh, thank you to Upbeat Productions for the use of the podcast Submersible. Mm-hmm. And thank you to Alexi Imam for his technical expertise. Yes. Um, Alexi's technical expertise yeah. is not just limited to this show. No, not at all. Um, he uh, does all sorts of other projects doing, during his normal work. And yeah. he moved a bunch of South Africans he'd worked for to write and record a short song about him. Yes. So uh, we're going to say goodbye and we're going to play you out with um, Alexi Hardcore Coder. Goodbye. Goodbye.